0: Welcome to See You Next Tuesday. I'm Jade Chung. On today's episode, I'll be talking about mental illness. To be honest, I sat here for 10 minutes thinking about how I would start this episode. And the truth is, there's no thinking, there's no planning. It's honestly just doing. For this particular episode, it's it's just whatever that's gonna come straight through the heart and Right out of my mouth. This isn't a very easy thing to talk about. I believe that no matter what stage in life, you should never rule out mental illness. It could come early in your life. It could come during your teenage life. It could come later in life when you're a full blown adult who's married and have children. I was very strong mentally. I learned to not be taken advantage of and learned to be super independent. I did learn lessons, and without those lessons, I definitely wouldn't be the person that I am today. I bet you guys are waiting for me to tell you how the wrestling business made me all crazy and how vulnerable I was or got taken advantage of. That's not the case. I actually suffered from postpartum. My son is now just over two and a half years old, and I recently just realized that I'm experiencing postpartum. Mental illness isn't visible. It's very hard for people to really realize that there's an issue, and you need to recognize it. I found out I was experiencing postpartum when I was scrolling through some posts on Facebook from a mom group that I'm a part of. This is a place where moms can share their stories, share their feelings without feeling any guilt, where they can feel confident in hopes of asking other moms for any advice. I was reading this one particular post where this mom was experiencing these visuals of hurting her child. Like she, she loves her child, but for some reason she was getting these visuals that was making her sick. I had a ton of visuals of Jet just being hurt, whether it be him falling off of something. It was just something in life that he would get hurt from. The, the visuals were just super detailed and, and very disturbing. And I kept thinking, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. Like, I, I love him to death. I love him. And I just couldn't understand why. I mean, I just thought I'm being a little protective I try very hard not to be that helicopter mom, but to be that mom that walks beside him and can watch him learn, and if he needs help, I will guide him the right way. It was that particular post that made me feel like, oh wow, I think, I think I'm experiencing postpartum. Jet was born exactly two months premature, born at 31 weeks. I honestly didn't know what a NICU was. That's very embarrassing to say, but I had no idea what it was. To be in the NICU for a full month was very hard. Still to this day, I get pretty emotional about it. Having to leave the hospital without Jet is like somebody just ripping your heart out. Not being to hold him as often as I'd like. And only be given certain times when I was allowed to hold him because he was hooked up to oxygen. He needed uh, the photolight. It was very hard for a new mom. I'm sorry, guys. I I need to take a break. Okay, I took a full twenty hour break, and I'm back here. I'm ready to talk again. I guess it was just saying things out loud it just brings back those feelings I guess I didn't have a chance to really feel feel anything at the time and that I mean that because I had to stay strong not only for myself but obviously for Jet and for my husband he already had a trip booked to the UK I can't remember if it was uh, a week or two, you know, he obviously didn't want to go, but it was his first time over there and it's an opportunity that he should not pass up. Jet was still in the hospital, so there really was no need for him to be home. Um, There was no need for him to skip out on these opportunities when I'm super capable with the help of all the amazing NICU nurses You know, I felt comfortable to be alone. My heart just breaks for the NICU moms and dads where they've had to leave their kids for much longer. I've read stories of how it'd be years their child would be in the NICU, and my heart truly goes out to them. It's so hard. It was because that Jet was in the NICU. And you know what? He was, he did really great in the NICU. He was so strong. The first two weeks of him being born was a bit rocky, but then after that, he passed every single test. He was so good. He was gaining and just doing really well, which I am so thankful and so grateful for. I worried so much about every aspect of Jet that I translated it to me trying to give him the best life because he had to be away from me for so long, but I never realized I was going through postpartum until now and he is just over two and a half years old i realized it just a couple months ago if it wasn't for that mom posting on facebook i never would have realized it i think it's very important that if you do feel comfortable talking about it you should talk about it you never know who you might be helping could be a stranger could be anybody that's why this episode is super important to me. I hope that it helps even at least one person to recognize their feelings because that's an important step to helping you heal. I worried about everything with Jet, and I'm sure I annoyed my husband with it. I worried about his sleeping, I worried about his eating, and he sucked at eating. when it came time for solids he just sucked at it Um, but I mainly think it's because I was so obsessed with having him exclusively breastfed that I think I waited too long to give him solids like I didn't introduce it until he was six months they say you can introduce solids as early as four months but with the whole you know him being born two months early For the first two years of his life, you had to calculate his age with everything. So I would always have to say, oh, he's six months old, but his actual age is four months. I never knew if I should go by his actual age or go by his preemie age. As soon as he turned two, I was so happy (laughs) because then it'd be so easy to be like, ah, he's two, I can do this or that and that. But obviously, you should always go by your your child's development. If he if he if you feel like he's ready, then go for it. Go by their cues. I was too worried about numbers and what was on paper just because I've never I, I've never known anyone who's had a preemie before, so this was all new to me. I've um, I've cared for my two goddaughters and my niece since they were born. So I was totally ready to be a mom. I was totally ready to take on this this challenge. But Jet basically said, ah, I got a better challenge for you. I'm going to come two months early. (laughs) Even though after Jet turned two, and I didn't stress so much about his eating, because you know what, he's his own person now. He's able to tell me if he doesn't want something, if he doesn't want to eat, he he tells me he doesn't want to eat. If he's hungry, he's going to say he's hungry. So I got over that hump and thought, okay, you know, I'd be okay now. I'd be feeling a little bit more happy because I'm not so, uh, I'm not worrying so much anymore. Not true. (laughs) Again, I came across a post from another mom and she posted these series of pictures where it talks about moms having a mental load. And apparently this is found more in females and it means that we are just having to always remember things. So like remembering appointments, uh, you know, for let's say for Jet, just remembering all the milestone appointments he has to make all the booster shots that he needs. Um, And then for me, just knowing the weight where he should be at at this age and uh, just all that stuff, Um, even other things, uh, remembering family events, remembering important school dates. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's overwhelming. For me, I never felt like it was too much. I guess I would just be kind of spaced out sometimes. And that makes sense because a lot lot of the times my husband will say, Hey, I, I said something to you and you just have this blank look on your face. Are you just, are you choosing to ignore me? I'm like, what? No, I literally did not hear you because... My mind is just racing and always thinking, okay, I'm done this. So what What do I have to do next? Did I do this? Did I do that? Oh, I forgot to do this. And it's constant. My husband always says, your mind is always, you know, running a million miles. I'll go clear the table and then I see that the garbage needs to be taken out. So I go take the garbage out and see that I forgot to put clothes in the dryer. So then I put the clothes in the dryer and then on my way back out, I see a toy on the floor. So then I go to pick it up and so on and so on. So there's, there's always something, there's always something and, and it's just, there's always something to do. There's a mental load. There's, you're thinking of something and then when you go to do something, oh, something pops up and you got to do it. That is a big stressor. I don't know if that'll ever be taken care of. I think that is a part of life. Um, it's just something you do. I guess the point of that story is ask for help. I find, and this is from experience, I find that I'm I'm used to wanting to do everything myself. I am a perfectionist, so there's certain things that I want done a certain way. So I, ju- I just do it. And it's, it's literally no problem because I'd rather do, (laughs) I'd rather do it my way, but then it becomes a heavy mental load on you. So I do have to keep reminding myself very, very often to just ask for help. And it's not easy. It's hard because when you're asking for help, you're kind of saying, Hey, I can't handle this, which I'm learning that you can't have that mindset. Your mental health is super important and you need to take care of it. So you need to ask help when you need it. When I thought about doing this episode, I immediately thought of my two friends. They're a tag team here in Canada, which they deserve a lot of recognition because their work is just so amazing. Their name is Fight or Flight. They go by Gabriel Fuerza and Von Vertigo. They have expressed their hurdles with mental illness. And when I reached out to them, they absolutely had no problem coming on and talking. They're both sweet guys with a lot of ambition. And I can't wait for you guys to welcome them in. All right, guys, let's get to it. The tag team of Fight or Flight, Gabriel Fereza. I said that really weird. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Gabriel...
1: <laughs> okay, Fuerza. That's, a, that's another story. That's it. There we go. Fuerza, yeah.
0: Fuerza the- and Von Vertigo. Okay, first of all, before you guys talk, Fuerza. I'm sorry. I've always had issues of saying your name, and I feel awful. <laughs> I I would ask Josh to literally sit there and go through it phonetically for me. Before, like, I would see you because I felt so awful. Like <laughs> and being I, Asian, uh, like, I'm really good with, like, accents and stuff. But, like, I couldn't say Fuerza. Well, there you go. <laughs> fuerza.
1: Listen, listen I, I, I'm going to clear it up for you and for all the folks at home. The trick to saying Fuerza, okay, is the letter F followed by where, as in where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Oh. And then you clever, add the like the end of
2: pizza.
0: Fuerza. Fuerza. Oh my God. That's so there easy. Josh, why didn't you think of this? He's he'll <laughs> he'll be listening so and he'll be laughing. I love it when you came
2: up. I love it when you came up with Gabriel Fuerza Or like your original name for um, Ulysses, right? Yeah. Uh, Jordan was like, Oh, I don't know how like nobody's gonna be able to spell that or say that. Yeah. <laughs> Gabriel Fuerza
1: Well because he he <laughs> he's like, Why don't you name yourself Forza or something? Forza, that's right. And I'm like, right. I'm not Italian. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is it in spanish i'm like where is that he's like okay perfect <laughs> I'm like all right well
0: but your first name was ulysses
1: yeah i did one i think just one match as ulysses like spelt uh like the greek spelling
0: what's the greek spelling
1: u-l-y-s-s-e-s-s oh it's like a, it's like a god right something like that
0: yeah, it's just a king oh, I it had, oh, oh okay a king, okay oh i didn't know that yeah Okay. So I wanted to have you both on here, not just because you're my friends who are super talented, but because knowing you guys for a couple of years now, I'm just learning that you have your own personal hurdles. My first emotional and mental issue came after I had jet. Like I realized after quite some time that I was experiencing postpartum and still am trying to, you know, get over that hurdle you know just figuring myself out what kind of stumbling blocks prevented you guys from living your life
1: do you want me to start or do you want to start there vertigo uh
2: i'll start because i feel like yours is a bit more um I guess serious over the, over the years. Is it? Oh, God. I would okay. say so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, um, you, you go ahead then. I, I mean, for me, it all stemmed from uh, like general anxiety and panic attacks where um, I didn't really want to go to university and my parents kind of forced me in that direction. Um, I was already wrestling training at that point, but I, I really just wanted to wrestle. But uh, I went off to university and ended up having to drop out because I literally like I couldn't eat for like a week. I mm. was having several panic attacks. Um, I, I think it was just overwhelming for me, and I just it felt like I had to make a decision for the rest of my life, and like I had to make that decision at the exact moment, and that was going to be my path, right? Right. I never, um, I guess, considered that you know things take time. Like it's okay to fail. It's okay to bro- drop out of university. I just felt like such a failure dropping out of university. Um, so I ended up going up home or going back home, uh, having to explain to my parents that like this is something I like I can't do this. Like I, I'm suffering here. Um, which was ultimately the best decision of my life. I was able to come, I stayed home for um, a year before going off to college just until I was more comfortable sort of thing. But it was in that period, I kind of learned what anxiety was and how it affected me per se. Um, because it wasn't just like at home, it would even come into wrestling per se. Like I, I think you, as far as I can attest, that sometimes before matches, I'll get myself too worked up in my brain and I'll, oh, yeah. I'll, have to run, I'll have to run for a garbage can or something to throw up because it's just, it, it's, so overwhelming over the years and it's happened like even it still happens to this day not not to uh, as much of an extent but every once in a while I'll still have that feeling and I, th- I think it evolves from being an only child and always kind of being uh in my head all the time mm-hmm. um, so I just kind of have that like worried sense of like what oh what's gonna go what, what, what if this happens what if this happens um like is something's gonna go wrong like it's always that like constant turning in my brain sort of thing but what I found kind of I guess overcome that was really just kind of distracting myself with, um, you know, hobbies and, uh, you know, just surrounding myself with things I like essentially.
0: Right. So when you start to panic, what do you do to help yourself to kind of bring yourself back?
2: Uh, the first thing I do is I try to find like, um, like gum or like a tic-tac or something like that, because I find that mint actually calms my stomach. For me, it's mainly a stomach thing. And so like, that's number one. Number two is where's the nearest washroom?
3: (laughs) Yeah. I need to find
2: a safe space where I can be by myself, sort of thing. Like, if, like, even if I still panic to this day, my girlfriend would be like, so try to like, um, try to calm me, sort of thing. But I don't, for me personally, like, I don't want that. I just need to be like alone by myself. Yeah. So, like, when it comes up before like a a wrestling match, there's not much you can do. And, you know, there's like five minutes before you're supposed to go out. You just have to like, it's like a lot of panic, but you, you know, you're going to be fine. That's kind of what I ended up having to teach myself that, like, at the, what's the worst that happens? I throw up and then that's it, you know?
0: Right. So that's really interesting about mint. How did you figure that out?
2: Uh, I read like a, a panic attack book and it said mint usually calms the stomach. It's also kind of a, I think it's kind of a psychosomatic thing where it just kind of gets your mind off it. sort of thing. like a tic-tac, it's, it's sweet. Um, mint is a nice flavor. So it just kind of distracts your mind and then it calms the stomach. So that's why if you go to like, uh, um, say you go to like Mandarin or stuff like that, they'll give you a mint at the end of your meal. Cause if yeah. you eat too much, you'll feel sick. Oh, or something,
0: right? okay.
2: Yeah. It's just a nice little trick
0: how did this impact your health like did you not eat because you worried too much that was
2: the main problem um yeah definitely eating like friends would you know say hey let's let's go for dinner with all these people that I don't know um and that would like that would scare me to death because I don't want to I know for a fact as soon as I try to eat something I'm just I'm gonna feel sick so like I would force myself to go out to these things to hang out with my friends because you know I want to hang out with my friends but I couldn't eat like I (laughs)
0: Yeah. I just, I had no
2: appetite sort of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's something you have to struggle with, but, uh, you know.
0: And do you know what exactly triggers it? Is it just like when your heart starts racing? Like if, even if you're, let's say you're excited to go out for your match, is that what kind of...
3: Yeah,
2: to a to degree. It's just that yeah. excitement and um, I guess the fear of the unknown. Like I, I think the things that I don't necessarily have control over are um, somewhat scary sometimes.
0: Going back to university, did you say that it happened after? Like, was this because your parents kind of pushed you to go to university and that you had to do this and you didn't want to disappoint your parents? And was it after after you started university?
2: I mean, it happened to me kind of all throughout high school, but university was really what made me discover what I had. Mm-hmm. It was really just the awareness that kind of opened my eyes to it because I, I thought back once. Cause I ended up going on medication and went to the doctor. They originally thought I had like a, like an ulcer in my stomach sort of thing. They they tried to rule it out that way. Hmm. Um, But yeah, it was just generalized anxiety. And then when I took medication, it seemed to help whether that was a placebo or not. I'm not sure, but the thought that it was helping kind of helped, you know, it's hard to explain, but yeah, I don't know. Like it just took time in like learning about myself.
0: And how long did you have to be on medication for?
2: I was on medication for about nine months and then I ended up going up to college the, the following year and I was, I was okay, but I was, I was very nervous, um, <laughs> going to college, but, uh, I, for some reason it just felt different that time around. Like it, it was different as a two-year program as to a four-year program. It felt like, okay, it's only two years. I can just get through this. If, and that time I knew I could quit at any time. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Like worst
2: case, I lose a little bit of money, which, you know, nobody wants to lose money, but, right. um, having gone through the second time, it, it, it was a lot less stressful.
0: Wow, and you're still fairly young. So how long in total have you been dealing with anxiety and, and panics?
2: I, I probably since I was about 17. From when I debuted in wrestling when I was 17 to to today, like it's still still a problem that comes up every once in a while.
0: And how many years is that? <laughs> I don't know how old uh, you are. Doing, <laughs> I'm
2: 25.
0: Um, oh my that, gosh, you're that, only 25.
2: <laughs> something like that, Yeah. <laughs> Uh oh god, that's eight years. No, eight sorry. years.
0: Yeah, 17, yeah, eight right? Eight years,
2: yeah, that's right. Yeah. Josh,
0: Josh will be proud. I, I did that math pretty quick. <laughs> um, okay, wow. Thank you for sharing your story. What's tough is hearing that you're still dealing with it. You know, even though you've had eight years of of already dealing with it, even when you do know yourself, it's hard to I'm trying to find my words here because I'm I'm thinking about myself and you know, my postpartum, like I'm aware of what the issues are. Right. But it's very hard to kind of come at it. It's, it's, it's hard to yeah. let, to let go mm-hmm. or it's hard to bring it to action. And it meaning cure is not the correct word.
2: Yeah. Cause I, I think it is very hard to necessarily fully cure these things. Now it's it's not as prevalent as it was, you know, when I was 17, 18. Um, mm-hmm. That's also because I've had to teach myself to not take everything as serious as it is. Mm-hmm. That was when school was very important to me. Like I wanted to make sure I had good grades and everything. And I wanted to, I needed to impress everybody. I needed to, um, everyone's opinion mattered to me. So I just kind of right. had to teach myself over the years that to just kind of like relax and just let these things happen. Like there's a lot of things you can't control in life.
0: Right. And how about you Forza? What were your hurdles in life?
2: Well, I mean, I'm going to try to put it as uh,
1: succinct as uh Virgo did there. Uh, um, I don't know succinct. But... It was pretty good. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, in terms of like uh, mental illness, I definitely have had a few sort of bouts with uh, depression. Mm-hmm. But it was something that I like typically didn't ever want to confront or talk about or even admit really because Mostly because my mom had really bad depression while I was growing up. And as a kid, you know, you don't really understand it. You're just like, well, mom isn't going to work today or she isn't doing this. She's just, she's sick. She's in bed. Right. So you just think she's sick. Right. Um, and as you get older, you start to realize like, you know, uh, your parents aren't perfect. They're not the superheroes that you think they are, unfortunately. Um And you start to see that they kind of have their own experiences, some of which are happy and a lot of which are really sad. And unfortunately, my mom had a really, really sad life. I just knew that by me telling her like, hey, listen, I have depression and, you know, I don't know what to do. I just felt like that would be the worst thing in the world that I could say to her. Not because she would not try to help me or whatever, but because It's like throughout her whole life, it's been the one thing that if she could, you know, have a magic wish, that would be the one thing that she would change about her life and about herself. Like depression is the last thing in the world that she could have ever wanted for me. And I mean, unfortunately, it's really, (laughs) it wasn't her choice, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't anybody's choice. It just, it just happens sometimes. I guess it started um, when my cousin died, (laughs) uh she died really young and really suddenly i don't really have much family um really anywhere but i have no family at all in canada so she was living in mexico um but but uh
0: and how old were you
1: um i would have been either 19 or 20 yeah and well she died when she was 18
0: wow so,
1: yeah and it was just so sudden and you know what normally stuff like death doesn't really hit me very hard like I've always been a very I don't want to say detached but like it's kind of difficult for me to sympathize sometimes with a lot of a lot of people and a lot of things and and it's weird because as a kid I would cry over everything like if I saw like an animal get pushed I'd cry for the animal if I saw a homeless person I'd cry for the homeless person I guess like I just had so much freaking emotion as a kid that like, eventually I'm like, man, I'm just making life hard for myself and just kind of went the other way. Mm -hmm. But, but I don't, I I don't think I ever did that consciously. It just happened. So, you know, people would die in my family and I'd be like, damn, that sucks. But you know, that's life. I I think I had such a special connection with this cousin uh, Mm -hmm. and and it's crazy because we didn't even get much time to hang out with each other. Like, uh, okay, I'll tell a quick story.
3: in regards to her
1: real quick just to give like some sort of context because it I I always say that she was my soulmate and and that's the reason it hit me so hard and I don't mean that like obviously romantically I just yeah you guys
0: were just really close yeah and yeah and,
1: and it was always so easy um so when I was a kid uh like or a baby and I suppose she would have been two or three years younger than me. So I would have been a toddler. She would have been like a baby baby. When we were still living in Mexico, she and her family or her side of the family had come over, You know, had a little, little get together with my side. And at the end of the night, um, when they were getting ready to take her home, she just started crying like crazy. And she like wouldn't stop crying, wouldn't stop crying. And she was always such a chill baby. So the whole family was like, this is weird. And uh, she just kept crying and she kept saying uh, my name. And they were like, well, I guess she just doesn't want to go because like she likes them, right? Uh, I think what ended up happening was they just couldn't get her to calm down. So they decided to spend the night. So I had to be moved or no, sorry, my great grandmother moved into my room to sleep with me so that they could have the bed. So what happened in the middle of the night, (laughs) I basically vomited and like died And at the same time, and like, I'm not a religious person or like a witchy person. My mom's super witchy, but uh, she had had a dream that night where she spoke to God and God was like, uh, you know, your son was only supposed to stick around for a little bit, but uh, you know, you love him so much that I'm going to let him stay and he's going to be the one to take care of you when you're older. And Mm -hmm. like, right then and there, she woke up and she heard my great grandmother screaming and yelling saying the baby's dead oh my god the baby's dead so you know she ran into my room and she swears that I was like cold pale like she thought I was dead I don't know if they ended up taking me to the hospital or if I like came to there but basically if my grandmother hadn't slept in the room that I was sleeping in, nobody would have known until morning. And I would have died for sure. I know my, my, my mom told me that story and she's like, you know, your cousin's special. Like you guys have a special connection. You've always been so close. And the next memory I have with her is like 10 years after that, when I visited Mexico And as a kid, I was just as mean as a scorpion. Like, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to make friends. Like, I notoriously, all my friends had to work to be my friend because I didn't want to be their friend, you know? And my mom was just so nervous when we came back. She's like, don't be mean to your cousins. Don't be mean to your uncles. Don't be mean to these people. Don't be mean to those people, you know? Because I was a freaking jerk. (laughs) And to her surprise, um, her and I got along so well. Like, we were inseparable. Uh I I my Spanish wasn't very good and she couldn't speak any English, but like we figured it out. Aww. Um and then uh the next time after that I saw her, I guess she was around like 17 or something. Like, like same thing, you know, like just so easy to to get along with. And just, just just in a way that I've never had that connection with like anybody else. Yeah. Um and I remember when we left, we were, you know, saying our goodbyes and hugging or whatever. And I'm pretty good at, like, you know, just hugging and saying, okay, see you in, like, five to ten years when I visit you next time. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, But for some reason, like, we were hugging, and I just started crying, like, really hard. And she started crying. And it was just weird. And I didn't really know why, but I remember hearing uh, when she was sick that maybe deep down I knew. So. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so she got sick and um, I mean it was weird because I remember hearing it and thinking oh well sick doesn't mean anything right it's just people get sick all the time Mm -hmm. and I remember just like sitting because we we, I had heard the news while we were on our way somewhere and I remember sitting uh, where we were going and just like again like just crying and, and and not really knowing why and all of a sudden just being scared and I think That was more or less what triggered it, because when she died, um, well, my mom and my sister had gone to Mexico for the funeral. I mean, they had gone just before. Basically, her condition had gotten worse, and they knew she wasn't going to make it. So my mom and my sister went to Mexico to help out, say goodbye, all that stuff. And uh, I didn't really have the chance to go. Um, I had things going on here. And... Um, you know, my papers aren't particularly, they don't make it easy to travel for me. So I stayed here. Um, she ended up passing away and I guess I just re- didn't really have anybody to, to talk to about it. Um, my girlfriend at the time wasn't, uh, great.
3: She was, at, supportive. Uh,
1: she was it's just emotionally, she wasn't, it, mm-hmm. or, or rather it's, it wasn't even that she like, didn't want to be. She tried to be, but she just she just wasn't. And that made it hard. I remember I think that's the least I've ever weighed in my adult life. I was like 130 pounds. I don't remember not eating, but I mean, if I look at a picture from there, it's pretty clear that I wasn't eating. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember doing, I think, our first MCW show that same month. And I remember messaging the promoter and telling him like, Hey, man, um, just wanted to, you know, let you know that uh, I had like a, a death in the family. Um, I'm still making the booking. But if I'm, you know, to myself, that's why like, I don't want to rub anybody the wrong way or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um, And he was cool about it. And I mean, he ended up bringing us back. But yeah, I definitely remember that being like, just a real shitty time
0: yeah
1: um both I mean both in wrestling and in and, in and, and normal life like uh I think shortly after that uh my dog died
3: <laughs> oh and my goodness
1: yeah it, so it was just you know how it is it's just like things happen in threes you know like mm-hmm. all these bad stuff started to happen all at once just just really in the past few years um it's stopped <laughs> and and now I'm pretty like not afraid of whatever's around the corner, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, yeah, there was her death. Then, uh, like I said, my dog died and that sucked. I think I knew at that point that I needed to like do a little bit of like a locale change. So I ended up moving out of my, my parents' house.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? The, it's just like, I I was just so sad and I couldn't figure out how to say it. Like I, I I, I was I was sad, but I didn't know it. You know what I mean? Like
0: Yeah. So that that was my next question. At what point did you kind of just hit you and you're like, whoa, I think there's like I think there's something wrong. Like I don't think it's just me being sad anymore. I think it's something a little deeper.
1: I think I realized honestly, when I ruined my own relationship, I had just become so angry like my my relationship with my my girlfriend at the time okay yeah I had just become so angry so difficult to talk to um it just I think losing a lot of things that were important to me at that time
3: mm-hmm.
1: made me very protective over her and it made me think like this is my salvation This girl Mm
3: -hmm.
1: who i care for you know she's what's gonna keep me alive basically and that's not fair to put that kind of pressure on anybody at the time in my head it just made sense right Mm -hmm. it was just argument after argument after argument everything was difficult everything had to be perfect you know if if i were to let's say pick her up from work or something and i don't know like just the slightest thing happens where i sense that she's no longer happy that would like drive me into like um just just like a panic zone of like oh i'm fucking up right now like i need to fix it and the more i try to fix it the worse i make it you know what i mean because you're not thinking clearly anymore now it's just all about fix 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 and Mm -hmm. you you don't you don't realize that you're you're making things worse you could have just let it sit because it's not a big deal but in that mindset where I was like no I need this to be perfect uh I ended up just making it worse I mean yeah like I I, I was wrestling this whole time as my as my relationship was getting worse and just I hated looking like my relationship was failing so like Mm -hmm. Even whenever, whenever, whenever anything happened, I mean, we would break up for, for weeks at a time sometimes. And, and I wouldn't tell anybody. I wouldn't tell my best friend. I wouldn't tell my parents. I would just think I can fix this and nobody has to know. And I remember even after we broke up for real, I didn't tell Vertigo, who is my best friend. I, I mean, I don't think I told him until two months later two maybe even three months later. Like, I was just so embarrassed and I felt like.
0: Were you embarrassed that that the relationship didn't work or just the thought of, you know, your best friend seeing you as a, I don't know, I guess like as a failure in relationships?
1: I think it's that I didn't want to look weak. Not many people have seen me cry. And I knew that if I were to have gone home and been like, hey, so-and-so, and I broke up, I knew that it would be just crying, crying, crying. Like, I don't know if it's, I guess that's just like uh, like toxic masculinity. Like, you know, like, I just didn't want to let my emotion out. And I didn't want to be honest because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just didn't want to be vulnerable
0: if you could do it differently would you let yourself let those emotions out now
1: uh, i want to say yes but honestly i don't know for sure i find that i'm pretty private most of the time mm-hmm. i don't think i was earlier in my wrestling career mm-hmm. but i try my best to be pretty private about everything now um so i really don't know i think I'd like to be, I'd like to be able to say, Hey, uh, I'm fucking sad. Like, yeah. Can I come over or whatever? But it's just not that easy for me.
0: I get that. If you were on your own and you were sad, would you let yourself cry it out? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, good. Cause yeah, yeah. I, I was saying, you know, it's, I, it's very important to even, to not hold that in and to be able to express those emotions that you're feeling and I totally get if you don't want to express it to other people. There's nothing wrong with that at all. You just need to know that that person is your best friend. Like Vertigo is your best friend for a reason, and he's your best friend because he loves you. I mean, I Vertigo, I'm not speaking for you, but you know, <laughs> I, I, I I know that <laughs> I know that you guys are really sweet guys, and I just know that he cares for you to to want to be there for you you know like i don't know if guys like express this stuff to each other but...
2: <laughs> well i mean we were living together and i uh, i mean i'm i definitely struggle with opening up but i could tell that you know ulysses was sad but i didn't i didn't want to like bring it out of them i just kind of wanted to like
0: let him do it at his own pace.
2: Let him do it at his own pace, but I also wanted to be be like, "Hey, let's play SmackDown vs. Raw." Like, I just yeah. wanted to be there to be like, "Hey, let's like as a distraction sort of thing," you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and that did help. I mean, like if I, like living by myself would have been, I mean, much worse. Like, unfortunately, you would not be there during the weekends. So during the mm-hmm. weekends, I was like, man, like. I'm just sitting here in this stupid room in this stupid house. And I like, I hate my landlady, You're I hate stupid her. House. Yeah. Like I hate, I hate my landlady. I hate her kid. I hate everything <laughs> happening. Actually, uh, I remember, um, I mean, uh, I wasn't gonna bring this up, but again, this is something, one of, this is the third bad thing that happened. Basically as my ex-girlfriend and I were breaking up, uh, my parents were getting divorced. Um oh it, it, it's something that I had seen coming and I don't really necessarily think that divorce is a bad thing
0: mm-hmm. but still to you know just like you said you have this vision of you know your parents and yeah. again going through the heartbreak of your cousin and then your dog and then your relationship ending and now you know wow, what like, it you were dizzy like i don't that's yeah. that's tough, that's tough
1: yeah i I think the the toughest part honestly was i mean, like I said, I wasn't telling people, so my mom had divorced my dad, and uh she she uh, wanted to meet with me to tell me good news, so you know obviously, I'm like, okay, let's meet at uh, this restaurant. And she tells me there's great news, right? And uh, she's like, so what's up with you? And I finally just kind of like spat it out. I said, uh, "We, you know, so-and-so and I broke up. And uh, <laughs> just immediately started stuffing uh, Caesar salad in my mouth so I wouldn't start crying.
3: Hmm.
1: But uh, it just sucked because there was a good like two months there where I was just doing my best to help my parents out. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, I mean, obviously, divorce isn't easy for them. Um, but I just wanted to do my best to help, you know, with communication or, yeah, or you know, a shoulder to try on, you know, whatever. And right. I, I didn't, I, I didn't want to be like, hey, I need help now because, like, I'm, I got to help you first. And then maybe after you can help me, you know. So that was rough. I mean, in the end, definitely, I mean, I felt better. After I told people, I mean, like you said, uh, Jeff is a great guy and, uh, I mean, he was super helpful. Like I remember when I told him, I remember apologizing for not telling him sooner and I can't remember what he said exactly, but it made me feel really good that I had told him Good. and the same thing with my mom. Like there were definitely a few nights where I felt like I couldn't be alone and obviously I wasn't going to text. Jeff and be like hey I need you to come come uh, back to the apartment because you know he's got his own life and that's that's not cool so luckily at that point I I had my mom who you know was just a hop and a step away Mm -hmm. so that definitely helped just just having friends in general
3: helped a lot
0: I absolutely know how you feel about the events that you had to go through and then finding out about your parents divorcing. I went through something similar so it kind of it, it hit home. Um I had broken up with my very fir- my very first boyfriend, my my first love. <laughs> and soon after that, my grandma passed away and then in less than a year, my parents announced that they were Divorcing. My parents didn't have a good relationship when I was growing up. Um, I believe that I never asked them this, but I believe that they stayed married. uh, I have an older brother that they stayed married until I was old enough to understand. Mm -hmm. Like you said, things happen in threes. So all that stuff. I wasn't in wrestling yet. And training was actually my outlet to get me away from it all. And thankfully it helped me, you know, listening to your story, listening to Vertigo's story, you know, I felt pressure too because I was supposed to go to university and my dad was working at the university of Guelph then. And so there was so much pressure with me going to that university um my brother went to another university but it was a great university and i had to have i had to follow his footsteps which i never did i graduated high school and then i up and left and traveled for wrestling had i not have wrestling in my life i honestly don't know i don't know if i'd be the same person that i am today and i think it's it's brave of you guys going through all of these these hurdles and you know and now forza now are you still dealing with a bit of depression
1: yeah definitely here and there um it's not quite as bad i mean the worst the worst that happens really is i lay in bed all day um but even that like i know like i know the signs Mm-hmm. to look out for so I don't really let myself uh, you know like uh, how should I put it uh,
0: just get to that point right so now like
1: yeah like I'll let myself mope for a day two days maybe three days but after that like I know I'm just making myself feel worse by not doing anything like you know I gotta go work out I gotta eat I gotta do this I gotta do that like e- even if it's just the most basic tasks um, I just force myself to do them, and usually, that helps me get out of the funk. I mean, I think everyone can relate to uh, a little bit of, like, quarantine blues. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I, I, I've I had probably a week or two where I was just, like, sad, and I remember telling <laughs> telling people, like, I feel like I need to cry, but it won't come out. Like, nothing nothing has happened that that like makes me super super sad really mm-hmm. but like there's like just this emptiness kind of hovering around me and I, I you know I tried filling it with several things <laughs> uh, that's what she said yeah so the first the first thing I did was just work out because that's that's something you, you can do no matter what you know like even if it's a few push-ups a day or a few squats, whatever, like thank God for wrestling and for I mean the healthy lifestyle that it's kind of introduced me to. Mm-hmm. Um because I say this all the time. Like I hate working out, hate dieting, hate everything about it. The only yeah. part I the only part I like is looking good. But you know, that's kind of hard when you're already so like depressed and like kind of down on yourself. Yeah, that you're you're like looking in the mirror and you're like, I could afford to lose a few pounds or, you know, my arms could be bigger, stuff like that make it difficult. But um, yeah, just like at the end of the day, like I tell myself, like, this is what you have to do. And (laughs) I don't care if you don't like it, you got to do it. It's just discipline. That's how I keep kind of my head above water lately.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned, you know, the pandemic doesn't help. Do you both find the pandemic has put a lot of weight on you guys?
2: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I mean, if you want to delve into it, I mean, for me, like, personally, when the pandemic hit, I was literally in England and Germany. Like, I literally got on a plane. Oh,
0: yes, that's right.
2: And I was there for two weeks, and then I had four, four weeks left on my tour, and I had to come home. And, like, it was just, like, I got on a plane and went through a portal,
3: mm-hmm. and, like,
2: everything shut down, and then... I come home and then I do videography for my real job and I can't even do that. Right. So I definitely felt that like, just like sit around. I don't know what to do with myself, but for me, when I found personally helped was going for a walk every day. Um, Thankfully I live outside of Toronto. So I was able to walk by the river every day just to kind of clear my thoughts sort of thing.
0: Now I remember when you were in the UK, I think they were ordering all Canadians to come back home. Right.
2: Yeah, that was, it was, uh, we were over with like the smash wrestling crew, but it was Brett and I who were going to stay for an extra four weeks. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there watching the news saying all Canadians have to come home and our flights are booked for like April 12th. And we're like, oh God, what are we going to do?
0: Right. <laughs> so tell me, what were you guys thinking? What were, were you guys like, oh, let's, you know, just kind of wait and Whoa. see how this goes or.
2: Yeah, it was pretty much day by day. Like, we pretty much just had to, like it was, we had two options. We we stay and ride it out or we go home. We stay and get stuck for who knows how long. And thank God we didn't stay because wrestling didn't happen. And if it wasn't wrestling, I don't know what I would have been doing. Um, right. <laughs> so yeah. So they, they ended both up, got home.
0: sorry, they, they ended up canceling their shows over there.
2: Yeah. So it was the same time as everything got canceled here. It was that March thirteen,
0: fourteen, fifteen. Weekend.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, I think we got out on like the Thursday and then actually Brent was supposed to leave the Wednesday and then he showed up and he had the wrong ticket so he had to
0: oh my god typical
2: Brent fashion wow. and say, hey, uh, my uh my flight's actually tomorrow um where are you wow and Brent's not good at directions
0: so <laughs> I love laughing at that guy and especially <laughs> with- to his face because <laughs> yes
2: I know he's ridiculous but i I kind of like grew up idolizing him in a way at Squirt Circle because I, you know, I was 14 and I was like, wow, I want to be like Brent Banks when I'm older. And then getting to travel with him has been (laughs) a very interesting experience.
0: And then you got your license and guess what? You're not like him. You're even better than
2: him. Okay. I'm not going to talk bad about Brent here. No, no,
0: Brent's my boy. Brent's my boy. Don't worry. Don't worry. You don't Um, like Brent. I
2: don't know what's wrong. Something's wrong with you.
0: Fuerza, how about you? I know you kind of spoke loosely about the pandemic. you did have outlets you were able to uh work out? You built some stuff at home? You built some stuff with your dad, right?
1: Um yeah, like oh, I yes. mean build is like a stretch. <laughs> I, I basically I basically just like tore some old uh garage door um springs and put them on the end of like a uh a bar basically. It's it's literally just like that's
3: creative. Very
1: creative. It just looks like trash. But uh, yeah. But it,
0: it does a job, Tr- right? Trash you get still a sweat. has weight, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah,
1: I, I just I just don't want to say that I built anything. Uh <laughs> I, I I just kind of like uh what's the word? Salvaged some hmm. some some heavy looking garbage. You and, recycled,
0: uh, you recycled. Recycled, that's a good word. Yeah, yeah. see?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I recycled. Um, <laughs> and uh, made a little gym. That was that was fun for the first little bit, uh, and then it started to get cold. God, my timeline is all messed up with this. All, March twenty twenty. All, <laughs> all all I can really remember is thinking, okay, the world's gonna shut down. So a, I need to somehow make this match that I'm supposed to do today into a gauntlet match so I can have as many matches as I can right now. Right. Uh, And secondly, I was like, I need to get some heavy trash to lift while I'm home. Um, Like, besides that, I was just kind of like, well, I guess we'll see what happens. And, you know, one week turned into two, two turned into four, months turned into almost a year now. I, I, I'm a very solitary creature. So like, I can be alone for the most part and be pretty okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, I moved back in with my dad after the divorce and after all that cleared up. Because A, like I said, I hated that stupid basement. Poor Jeff had spent all his money uh, just, just to live there half
2: the week Just me. my savings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but to be yeah. fair, I had, I had intentions of working in Toronto for work, but it didn't really pan out. So.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, Jeff, I'm going to go back home. I hope you're not angry with me. And he was like, No man, that's great. I gotta go back home too. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So I ended up moving back in with my dad, um, just to keep each other company. My sister and my nephew ended up moving in with us as well. So now we got the full house. So I can either just hang out in my basement and ignore everybody, or I can I literally just gotta walk upstairs and somebody will come bug me. Um so that's <laughs> that's been good. Um honestly the worst part for me had nothing to do with the pandemic, really. Like it happened during the pandemic. Technically, the pandemic itself hasn't been, like, the worst thing in the world for me.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, just, like, I, I injured myself twice this year um, in pretty preventable, stupid ways. Uh, and I remember, like... Are we like, talking
0: about your shoulder?
1: Uh, okay. So or your it elbow? It, it was my elbow. <laughs> so I dislocated my elbow. I remember, um, like, it happens and I'm like, okay, you're an idiot uh but like you know you wrestle the match and and then afterwards the whole real world starts kind of crumbling in uh and I start thinking like oh well you don't have any money what are you gonna do for money you gotta mm-hmm. take take uh time off work you gotta do this and uh <laughs> I remember I did cry a little bit while nobody was looking but it wasn't like I said it wasn't because it hurt it did hurt but I was just like damn like just when i thought i was going to like pay off all my credit card debt and all my debt like that was my plan for 2020
3: mm-hmm. to
1: pay off all my debt <laughs> i was just going to work like a horse and and get it all over with so i could stop worrying about it and then you know like 2020 happens uh luckily for the most part i was still able to work and then uh you know i hurt my elbow and i'm like great there goes all the money you just saved that ended up healing up pretty well and then late december I uh, went to train and oh no <laughs> yeah so I, I should have quit while I was ahead because I decided to go off the top rope you know as I as I like to do just for fun <laughs> because I don't typically like to actually do anything off the top rope when I wrestle I just mm-hmm. like to I just like to be agile you know so I tried to do a little front flip over rotate it and 450 splash which I've never done in my life that should have been the sign to, put- to to change my clothes and put you know go back home but instead i decided to try a shooter to my feet and just over rotated by just a touch and ended up breaking my ankle
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
1: yeah uh, i didn't know it was broken at the time I, I was just like oh i landed hard
2: and then i kind of limped out of training
1: and then i went to go deliver t-shirts to somebody in like uh some sort of part of hamilton yeah sorry i was gonna say
2: i, say, I swear every time you've been hurt in a match where i've been around Mm-hmm. I've never noticed you were hurt. Like Listen. it's never been relayed to me. <laughs> <laughs> the ref should tell me, but it's never been told to me. <laughs> that was that, more than the tag match in previous thing That is things, true. But, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> you always know. play it off like it's fine. I'm like, ugh. I'm a professional. <laughs> you are a professional. I agree, <laughs> but I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you knew.
1: I because uh, no, I mean, nobody I, told I, me. I guess I guess you and I don't really interact as a tag team in the sense. Like, it's not like we're both standing on the apron at the same time. So, yeah. so it's not like you'll be like, hey, I hurt my elbow.
0: Wait, but did you tell the ref you were hurt?
1: Um, No. Okay, so what happened was it popped. Um, and then uh, Shane Saber and I, who were in the room, looked at each other. Mm-hmm. And he, he looked mortified because he heard it. Oh. Uh, I probably looked mortified. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I think so. And I, like, lied back down. And then I, like, sat back up and said, I'm going to tag out. And he said, okay, uh, so I tagged out. And in my head, I thought, okay, since I'm tagging out now, he knows that I'm hurt. But what I didn't realize is in my panic, that's when I was supposed to tag out anyway. Yeah. So oh. <laughs> So it, it just looked like a normal tag, right? So I guess that's that's why I thought it was relayed and it turns out nobody bothered. I don't know if anybody told Space Monkey either, because I swear to God, he was shooting but on me. It's
2: like, just, this. This has happened before in a tag match with Hacker and Steve Brown, where you we thought you were hurt. Like, Brad told. Hacker, oh, yeah. But your shoulder was hurt. So we did this, like, 10 minute heat sequence on me. And we're yeah. looking over, and you're in the crowd. Like, I don't know you're standing up on chairs, like, yelling at people.
1: Yeah. We're like, hot. is he hurt? Like, I don't know. Yeah, no, I was holding you. We this long
2: heat. I don't know,
1: I don't know who, like, so I must have taken something weird, and maybe Steve or, or Kurt, uh, Somebody thought, like, him. yeah, I thought, like, oh, he must be hurt, because I, I was literally like, man, this is the longest heat ever, I'm gonna go into the crowd and do something there, because they, they don't need me to wrestle anymore.
2: I'm looking over, I was getting beat up, and you're, like, in the crowd, I'm like, I don't think, <laughs> I think he's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just, I just hurt myself a lot, and I'm like, you're an idiot, like, You gotta slow down and, like, I guess I'm not as young as I thought I was, honestly.
0: How is your Uh, ankle now?
1: It's okay. I can walk on it. I can, like, spin it around. I can't run yet, but
2: uh, we'll get there.
0: No more top rope shooters for a long
1: time. He's he's, he's (laughs) gonna do that
2: again. Come on. Normally... A big show? Hell yeah.
1: Well, yeah, because, I mean, the shooter, if you belly out, Mm. you can't hurt your ankle bellying out.
2: You're good. Uh... I think mean, well, you still
1: could somehow. Okay, you could, but I won't. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Even with the pandemic, you guys didn't waste any time creating Backyard Pro. Was it uh, both of your ideas?
1: Well, the way I remember it is uh, Vertigo had bought a spiffy new camera, as he does. Yes. And he was like, hey, man, I got this new camera. Come over and we'll shoot dumb stuff.
2: And... that's pretty much what it was and that's that's pretty much like we yeah we shot yeah. like the first we shot the first like highlight backyard wrestling match in like april or something or may i don't know yeah it was I'm just like a it was just like, like a twitter thing that yeah. did pretty well and then i started thinking like hey president you think we could do this as a show <laughs> and then that evolved it was supposed to be like a serious like backyard wrestling show originally like when i put like the like twitter video out and then that evolved into like a comedy wrestling show essentially.
0: It was so good. Like, I loved seeing everyone play a character that they're not. Like, yeah. uh, the dancing weapon. Like- yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's, like, a, that's a creation oh yeah i don't even see,
0: on i don't even see him like that and then all of a sudden he's the dancing weapon he's wearing my lace pants that i used to manage in early in my career
2: oh i didn't know uh, you were those okay yeah
0: they're <laughs> my that makes pants. It
2: much better yeah
0: <laughs> did you guys come up with all the characters for everyone
2: no, no definitely some, not. It, some, it was some people we, came up with their own we had like a group chat at one point where everyone was kind of pitching ideas and sort of things and then some some of the creative characters we came up with for other people, um, but a lot of it, like I wanted it to be organic and I wanted people to just kind of have fun with it, right? Because, you know, there's nothing happening and we just all just wanted to try something.
0: You guys did a season two. I loved it. It was just so, it was so nice to, especially for for Canadians, because we have zero indie shows here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was nice to just... Get our minds away from this pandemic and actually watch something—not only, you know, our friends' creation, but just just out of pure entertainment and laughs. I I loved it. I enjoyed it. And you know, a lot of people are asking. And I was, I had Alexia on my episode too. And you know, she even wants another season. I know. I want another season. I want to watch it because I think we're going to be in this pandemic for even longer. I also had other fans wanting to ask you guys, you know, is there going to be a season three? What are your thoughts? Is there going to be one or are I, just kind of feeling it out?
2: I, I think it's inevitable that we have to do one at this point, because <laughs> my whole goal with this was that I had, I bought all this equipment and I wanted to prove that production is so important to a company where myself making this crappy like creating all the content for this crappy backyard wrestling show can do better than some of the local promotions. I just had this chip on my shoulder to show people that um, if you create this content, people will come sort of thing. Um, So I think it's inevitable that we do a season three. It's just a question of I need to be the right circumstances where we're not in lockdown and we can do it safely and there's not Uh, snow on the ground.
0: (laughs) uh, Yes. Yes. I completely forgot it was winter right now. (laughs) And I I I want to make
2: sure that everybody is paid for it because it's completely fan funded, right, for the last ones. So, mm-hmm. so we'll have to do that at some point. And then, you know, I, I've definitely had, we've all had ideas in our head for, since uh, when we released it in August. Um, but back then, it looked like things were getting better. And I thought that, um, you know, wrestling was kind of coming back and I was getting more work. So it was a little more busy for me personally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's inevitable that we'll do a se- for season three.
0: <laughs> that's great. See, that? I think that's what everyone wants to hear. Awesome. We're going to play Rapid Fire. Oh no! Okay, I'm gonna name a move, and it's
2: Mordecai. Is it Mordecai? <laughs> it's Sorry. a right. it's
0: a simple move.
2: Okay, are we gonna yeah. do this at the same time?
0: uh you can if you want. Oh boy! Okay, okay, drop kick,
2: Randy Orton. Or Orton, damn it!
0: <laughs> <laughs> you guys are definitely best friends. We best friends. <laughs> <laughs> Super kick, Michaels. Michaels. Yeah, a choke slam, Kane. Kane. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. Now, no pressure, but now you guys have to have the same answers for the next four.
2: I oh,
3: do no happening.
0: Just kidding. Uh well, maybe this one, DDT.
2: Uh, oh, th- I <laughs> was thinking Jake's thing too. Neckbreaker. Or JBL. Gregory helms Ooh. Oh.
0: Moon salt.
2: Lita. J Chung.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> I hate
3: yeah, you. Please get up.
0: Nice. Wow, you guys are like pretty much in sync.
1: We're a real tag team, you know? Something like that. <laughs> I remember once actually, like very early on to our, our little wrestling career, Jeff had brought his girlfriend and and somebody went up to her and they're like, hey. Aren't you Fighter Flight's girlfriend? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, Wow, you guys really are a tag
2: team. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I
0: forgot
2: about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so we're going to turn to some fan questions for you guys. Um, so on my Patreon, I let them know who's going to be on my guests and I let them have a chance to ask questions. Cool. Describe each other in one word.
3: Oof. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> Like I, I,
1: I'm describing him, right?
3: Yes. Hmm.
1: Okay. Hold on. I thought of a word that came to mind immediately, but I want to think of like if I can think of a better one. I mean, I would say grumpy, but that's kind of
2: rude after all this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind. That or it. like that are like motivational because I always find that like when you tell me something good you know, happens for you in wrestling, I'm like, okay, I need to do something that's good.
1: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
2: Uh. Well, the first word I thought it was creative, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on here too long we're gonna start getting angry each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna turn into a you shoot <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't just taken over the show at this point
0: <laughs> who picked Danger High Voltage as your entrance song and why?
2: I don't know we we. I mean I thought uh, yeah, um,
1: it. <laughs> I okay see I'm pretty sure you introduced me to the song uh but I was not aware that, that I who, who used it was it Spanky or Spanky yeah or uh yeah i didn't know spanky used it i that might have changed my mind but at this point it's way too late but i feel like you introduced me to it and then i think we collectively decided to use it yeah that sounds right yeah because we didn't want to do the whole like tough guy thing because we're not tough guys
2: and also i feel like everybody in wrestling is trying to be like this tough guy right and like when we're like both you know under 150 pounds like what do we (laughs) you know
0: (laughs) at the time Okay, How did Candy Kids form?
3: Oof,
2: oh um,
1: Candy Kids. Jeff Vertigo, Gabriel Fuerza, Lexi
2: Nicole in a sling for two months. That's
3: in a weird. sling for two months. We 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 That's we,
1: we, 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 we uh, kicked her out after. Um, sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not like she got healed and then we <laughs> didn't yeah. have anything for her with us.
1: <laughs> um. Who came up with it? Jordan, uh, who runs Square. Loosh. Well. Well, he yeah, T.O. now, or Demand Lucha. Um, it, was, it was just one of his many, uh, you know, gimmicks. He seemed to have, like, an endless list of
2: gimmicks
3: mm-hmm. in his
2: back pocket for all his students. I mean, I recall that we were told there was a TV show coming, and they wanted us to be, like, the hip tag team that appeals to teenagers.
1: I remember that, and too.
2: they said we were going to be, like, ravers. And I think the three of us were like, "What? We don't even like. We don't party at all. What yeah. is this?" <laughs> Which is ironic now because I feel like we're joke party guys now.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it's really come full circle because yeah. at the at the time I remember we were like, "Oh, what's a rave? Well, yeah. have, have you ever, have, have you ever been to a party?" Because uh, I mean, like uh, like Jeff mentioned earlier, like he had his reasons not to go to parties, and I had my reasons to not go to parties. Um, but yeah, now we're literally a ripoff of the candy kids
2: but like the hot rod loser guys yeah like yeah now we, now we know we're lame yeah exactly
0: not at all guys i actually <laughs> i love the name candy kids like i don't i i obviously didn't see you guys as them but i think it's catchy did you
2: know well, it, it took us didn't... like eight months to embrace it we embraced oh, it way really? too late oh
3: yeah yeah,
1: yeah I, I literally remember we were in his apartment and for whatever <laughs> reason we were like you know what Let's just go all in.
2: This even is true. If- I have a video on my phone.
1: <laughs> like, like, we even came up with a handshake. It, yeah, we're like, we'll we'll just we'll just do what we want to do. And yeah, it was just we came up with a stupid handshake and we were like, we'll kind of be like superheroes instead. But like uh and then I think we were the candy kids for like another month or something. Events were some closed and then- <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: How does and I think this is um Fuerza, you never have you been to the UK before
1: I have not well not to wrestle
0: not to wrestle okay uh, well maybe you you no. even know how does the UK wrestling scene differ from the Canadian and American scene
2: just generally everything's um, bigger per se that's how I felt like just like the small family shows like they have like lights in production and like I've been the shows have like pyro some of them have like little like sparklers um, everything just feels bigger I mean, the crowd's just a lot more boisterous and loud.
0: So, and they have, like,
2: their soccer chants and whatnot. So those are fun.
0: Oh, yes, yes. Love that. The worst travel story? Ooh. Wrestling or non-wrestling related? Oh, my
2: God. Um, I feel oh like uh, we have that tag team one from the C4 one. That one's fun.
1: Oh, I, th- I, I think that's the best one, yeah. Okay, uh, mm. do you want me to tell it or she'd tell it?
2: I think you tell I. I okay. I mean, I, I just puke at the end of it. That's another <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh,
1: we had C four on the Friday, I believe, or on the Saturday. Um, so we drive up to C four, probably by ourselves, because that's typically what we do, uh, especially because that we didn't know that people were getting their cars paid for at the time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> up to free, I um, so we went up to C four. We we were going to do a pre show match against the Brotherhood, and I don't think we knew that the winners would be get added to the main show later. In like a tag team title match or something like that. So we have our match with the Brotherhood. We did a spot like a like a classic Hardy Boy spot where you go for the whisper and win, catch the guy, and then power bomb him on the guy who was kneeling. So yeah. Jeff had gone to do the the poetry emotion. He got caught and he got power bombed onto me, who was still no 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 the other
2: way around because my shoulder got messed up
1: right other way around the, the, we should the, have done it the other way <laughs> the point is he got hurt <laughs> yes. yeah the, the point yeah the point is his shoulder got hurt so then we go and we have this uh this main i don't know if this is the main event or main show but we have this, this main show yeah we have this four-way tag match with uh tdt uh i think Eyfbo. yeah so and, uh, Santana and Ortiz and then
2: it, greed and it, uh, vega or greed and Tarek. Was
1: it Greed and Terik or was it private party?
2: No, I feel like it was Greed and Terik. Private party was later.
1: Okay. Point is, a bunch of guys who've <laughs> been all murderous, right? Yeah. And I remember they were putting the match together, and they're like, "Sorry, guys, but uh, you guys are taking the heat. You know, it's it's you know, you're the only team that can, and uh, consider this, you're you know, welcoming onto the main roster." <laughs> and uh, they beat the tar out of us. Not yeah, not got... like. They, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that necessarily took liberties or anything, but you know just like rough wrestling.
2: There, let's see four. You know, I like, got my ear blown out. Like I <laughs> went to lock up with some chins and he slapped me in the ear, oh. and it was out for like a month. I forgot about that. <laughs> Then we got yeah we got beat up for like ten minutes essentially after already wrestling earlier in the night. Yeah, and so, I think we took the pin probably.
1: <laughs> of course we did. So so we get our asses kicked. Uh, still 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 a great day. I remember. Yeah, I remember it was great thinking like wow this is the best day ever still uh but then we had to drive uh pinky sanchez with us because we were doing a show called uh abaddon in toronto the next day the rebirth of uwa that's right um and and this this whole show was very interesting because the promoter had like contact contacted both of us like months prior and was like he wanted to talk to us and like kind of interview us almost and uh, I remember once I was in school, and he literally is like, "Can I call you?" And I'm like, uh, "Okay, well, I'm on lunch," so we just talked for an hour. I can't remember a single thing we said, but yeah. he was just really a really <laughs> the intense guy. Phone yeah, we we get into Etobicoke, uh where where Jeff was living. Probably what like six or five. Yeah, typical C4 time when you get back. Yeah. Yeah, so we you know we just barely get in before the sun comes up, if that. <laughs> and I remember Pinky. Pinky got stuffed onto a chair, like a Lazy Boy kind of chair, and uh, immediately passed out. Yeah. Uh, and then Jeff and I had to share his, like, double bed. bed. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I
2: sprawl it when I sleep. Oh, so my this God. So this
1: guy wears a real angry. He looks, he, <laughs> like, he, he, he sleeps like a starfish. Yeah. And, and I, I, don't, space. I don't like being touched when I sleep. Oh and, 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 and it's not because he's a guy. It's because I don't like being touched when I sleep.
2: Like, yeah, we've slept in enough beds at this point.
1: Yeah, like, I literally cocoon myself in blankets, no matter where I sleep. So, this man's touching me. I'm too hot. I can't sleep. <laughs> and he can't sleep because I'm there. And I remember, like, Pinky's totally asleep. And then and, and the two of us are just like, fuck. Like, I can't sleep. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Like, I'm we so had to get tired. Up at 8 a.m. And then, like, all of a sudden, it's 8 o'clock.
3: Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: We had to get up at 8 a.m. to go and help the promoter set up the venue. Right? so <laughs> i remember pinky. we're sitting in bed and we're like who's gonna wake pinky <laughs> oh. and he's like oh i don't want to do it and i'm like well i'm like well i don't want to do it <laughs> I-, I can't remember who who ended up doing it but uh yeah. yeah we're just like pinky pinky wake up we gotta go to the venue and he's like oh why so early guys <laughs> we're like we're helping with the venue and he's like no no don't worry about it i'll call the promoter and tell him that we'll be there later and you know, since we're we're like fresh into the business and this is our first time ever working for this guy, and uh, you know, Pinky had already been around forever, so he he, he could do whatever he
2: wanted, but we're like and we uh, were like we were legitimately paid to do ring crew on that show, so like we like had to be there. Oh. yeah, because and he only wanted specifically like six people to set up the ring.
1: Yeah, like he wanted like a close knit group of people yeah. for some reason. Uh somebody he didn't want anybody to run off with his turnbuckles, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so I think we ended up taking Pinky with us. Uh, oh, we, so he did get up? He did. He did yeah. <laughs> but, but but as soon as we got to the venue, he like laid down on the carpet and fell asleep for like another eight hours. Oh, yep. okay.
2: Legit like eight hours.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Amazing skill.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we get there and we're like, okay, um, what do you want us to do? And he's like, well, um, first I got to build these scaffolding so that we can raise the chandeliers. This is the Lithuanian oh. hall in the Toronto, by the way. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So I'm immediately like, oh, okay, this isn't what I was expecting, but I'm open for it. Let's do it. Um, you know, he builds a scaffolding, it blah, 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 blah. tells us to cl- tells us to climb up. And good God, it was this so high. Like I remember standing up on the on the scaffolding at the very top, nothing to hold on to. And I literally could not bring myself to stand up. Like, I was, I was on all fours, just, like, looking over the edge and seeing, like, man, if I fall,
2: I think I would die. Like, I think I would just explode. Um, yeah, it was so unsafe. I was, like a sca- <laughs> I was scaffold below watching you do this, and I was like, what the hell is he doing?
1: Yeah, so I think I told him, I'm like, hey, uh, I'm scared. Can I go down? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 go, go down one. So we went down, and I think... Jeff and I were helping him
2: raise the chandelier. It's like tie and, it up higher so the lights could fit or something. I don't know something weird.
1: Yeah, oh, wow. and 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 I didn't realize, but one of the bulbs had gotten caught on my uh, on my <laughs> sweater.
2: Oh no! And,
3: and,
1: and so when he pulled it, the bulb burst, and I was on, <gasps> I, was on I was on fire. Because, like, on fire. Oh my gosh!
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: he, Jeff's literally like, "Oh, you're on fire!" <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: and while we're on top of the scaffold.
1: <laughs> yeah. L- luckily, it went like out almost immediately oh yeah, like, but yeah i'm like oh my god like this is crazy and i really can't remember what happened too much uh in the in the in between but like the czw guys who they were the guys who were uh mostly making up the card they slowly started driving and you know
2: they'd be like hey where's pinky and i'm like uh oh, over there he's dead under the uh the bathroom side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, were, we were both booked on the show i was i decided i was too hurt so i was like i'm just not gonna do the show yeah um which was probably the best decision but you yeah. still you still did your match with joey Janello.
1: i yeah and, and and like we 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 finished building the ring i think some people started helping with the ring so i don't i don't think we did too too much
2: more uh in terms of like traumatic things <laughs> but uh... i mean the ring was propped up by carjacks but for the sake of time
0: oh my gosh oh oh,
2: oh, oh,
1: i was gonna get to it (laughs) um i remember uh so another wrestler that i had met previously latin dragon um at c4 actually like a few years ago he had messaged me and he's like hey man i see that you're on this abaddon show i'm gonna be there early if you want to train some lucha obviously at the time i'm like that sounds amazing like when else do i get the chance to do a little bit of lucha Come to day of, I'm horrified because I'm so tired. I haven't slept at all. Yeah. I, I still feel beat up from yesterday and I was just caught on fire. <laughs> but, but obviously I'm not going to say no to the guy if he wants to do some lucha spots, right? So we go in there and I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And he starts like flipping and passing by and like do a backflip and then I'll catch you and then arm drag and just like really like difficult uh, aerobic things so i think we did it like six times in a row just trying to nail it and he's like can you go again and i'm like yeah yeah keep, let's keep going keep going oh, So i'm just like blowing myself up uh and finally he's like okay cool like i gotta go get ready i'm like hey yeah me too me too um and i, yeah, so I was-
0: you know what not to cut you off but i was yeah. kind of cringing because i was like oh yeah. my god did you just hurt yourself again <laughs> <laughs> no. but okay no. good good
1: I, i'm actually i'm actually like not <laughs> accident prone at all like uh I I I I've gotten knocked out once at C4. Uh and that was it up until this year. Like this year is cursed. That's why like I'm being extra careful now. <laughs> Last year is cursed. Last year. Oh no. Not this mean, year. I mean, this year might be cursed too. You don't know. Gotta be careful. Okay, so did the spots with Latin Dragon. He says that uh, he's gotta go get ready. Um, I go with, with uh Joey, Joey Janella, who I was meeting for the first time. We put the little match together. Um, and he wanted to do like this crazy like powerbomb onto the apron off like the second rope or something and like I've been doing the entire day I'm like yes that's fine Um, and Psycho Mike who was hurt at the time was hanging out and I asked him I'm like how would you take this and he's like I wouldn't Um, but if you have to you know and he went and felt up the ring and found the softest part and like showed me how he would take it so he's amazing Um, but long story short he ended up convincing me to just not take it um so we changed it to a clothesline which uh i forgot actually kind of knocked me out
3: (laughs) so i i I
1: I lied earlier but i finished the match um which i've never seen to this day um and then we had some burritos because the uh the promoter had brought in like a burrito guy the the abaddon burrito yes abaddon burrito was a real hit Yep, uh, we uh we decided to leave. I remember, I think we told the guy, like, hey, man, like, we're pretty beat up. Is it all right if we go? And he was like, yeah, that's fine. So we went, we stole some burritos, and yeah, then
2: then Vertigo threw up, poor guy. Well, it was Aww. just like, it wasn't, there's more to that, but yeah. We got back to the car, and like, we were holding the burritos. My, I think my friend Trevor was there. He was helping yeah, film the show. Tre- Trevor was there, yeah. And like, we're just getting in the car, loading everything, and we're all, I'm just like stressed, and I'm just like, oh, I <laughs> just... On the sidewalk and try just like a little cherry on top,
1: uh,
0: cherry on top. and <laughs> was then it we because, was it because you were you just had no sleep?
2: I think so. It was that, and just like a combination of probably not eating enough during the day.
3: Oh, yeah, um, and I was
2: hurt and in pain, and it was, yeah, just a huge combination of things. And then I believe we slept in the same bed again because I can't yeah. remember why you couldn't go home <laughs> or something.
1: I, I, think, then, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember why. I think we were just too tired
2: to deal with. I just life. remember my my roommate Trevor had to keep waking. Uh, For is it up because we thought he had a concussion? Ah uh, yes.
0: Oh no.
2: Yeah, and that's that, that's, yeah. that's pretty much how it ended. Yeah.
0: You blacked out a bit from the close line. I honestly
1: don't really know. I think he just gave me the line, and like I bumped my own head. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like I remembered the match, but everybody said like my my emotions were totally blank. Like like I was just going right through the motions. So that's why I kind of want to watch the match to see. <laughs> I don't know if that footage will ever come out who knows so no, I, this I was it.
0: this was uwa is that what you're
1: uh, it was oh, wow. abaddon which was like the same promoter as uwa he was kind of bringing it back under a new brand
3: essentially
0: you yeah. should ask um if you really want to watch it you should ask Gigi. you think mm-hmm. so yeah oh,
3: okay he know knows well.
0: he knows the guy
1: oh right 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 yeah true from I may yeah I well then
0: maybe i mean Why i not? love
1: i love watching old matches <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, for our final game.
3: Oh, no. All right.
0: It's Survivor Series time. So, with you guys, you guys are going to choose your dream tag team Survivor Series team. Whoa, hold on. So, you
2: mean 10 people?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, my watched.
2: God. Okay. I don't watch tag team wrestling. <laughs> Jesus. Are our teams facing each other?
0: No, you guys are on the same team.
2: We have to create one together. Oh, oh, together,
0: together. Yeah. So okay, okay, who, okay, 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 Like okay. The four ba- other the teams, Bashums,
2: the Bashams. No Bashams. No Bashams. Look, man, come on, the Bashams.
0: And you guys okay. have to agree on it.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, my first pick is. I'm gonna say the Usos. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm
2: not gonna deny that. I guess. Okay, I mean, so um,
0: so Bashams are not part of it, right?
2: Well, because if, if it was up to me, I would have like a team of like Mordecai, the Bashams, like all these like awful, like 2004 guys. So it's, it's not up to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can include one lame team.
2: One lame team?
3: Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Jesus.
2: Uh, uh, what about Rated RKO? Oh, okay. Yeah, Rated RKO is cool. For sure. Okay. okay. Um... How about John Cena and David Otunga? <laughs> uh... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, how about New Day? I think New Day honestly should fit on that. Okay, New Day. Um
1: I'm looking through my I'm looking at my wall of wrestlers right now. Let's see if it helps me get my WWE
2: encyclopedia out, <laughs> that, wherever that is.
1: You know uh, what? What what about uh Rey Mysterio and Edge? Ooh, okay. So it's, it's a good one. But oh wait, i just already on Raider. But what about Benoit <laughs> and Angle? I thought Benoit Angle too?
2: Let's do them angle. Well, hold on. We, okay, hold on. So we have we, we the Usos our... can be our high flyer, high flyers Yeah, time. high
1: flyers and the quick, 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 quick guys. I just said yeah. quick three times. We got our uh... or
2: maybe new, maybe new days that usos are like our like our and uh, My new
3: day
1: my new day configuration
2: is Kofi and Biggie. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, I think that that's fine. That works All right. me. All right. Rated our kale, got our heels, and uh yeah. Kurt and uh, Benoit could be our freaking
2: grapplers, you know. They're the ones who are left standing. Let's let's lead it to that. Yeah,
1: they're
2: our iron Iron men. Yeah, exactly.
3: All
0: right, and and guys, this is this is why they're a tag team. This is why you guys are amazing. You guys thought of like you guys hit all the fields. Like you guys just made sure you guys were all around.
2: <laughs> I mean, I really I really team. tried to derail it, but it didn't work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being part of my podcast. I appreciate you guys getting real personal with me. Uh, I know that it's it's hard to talk about and I hope that anyone listening who may relate to either Vertigo, Forza, or even myself can find their voice if they haven't already. I hope this episode has helped at least one person. Do you guys have any advice or anything to kind of leave off for anyone that's struggling right now that's listening?
2: I think it's just very important to really learn about yourself and know that if you are struggling, it's, it's okay. Like, I, I mean, I definitely felt like I was, there was something wrong with me, but not to say that there wasn't, but I, I, I needed, um, I think I needed somebody to tell me that it's okay. It's going to be okay. Like it's going to be fine in the long run. Um,
1: yeah, I would say just remember that, you know, like no matter what has gone on in your life and the, the decisions that you've made, that doesn't make you a bad person inherently. But a lot of people make a lot of stupid decisions and say things that they can't take back and that's just life unfortunately um emotions are so uncontrollable sometimes and people say mean things and you know i mean the best thing you can do is apologize and hope that uh that you can make a right in in whatever it is the situation is um or or even with yourself if you think you've made some sort of stupid mistake or some sort of you know like boneheaded uh <laughs> decision it's, it's it doesn't define you. It's just one little moment in your life. And at the end of the day, uh, it might be for the better.
0: Guys, thank you once again for coming on. I really appreciate you guys.
1: Thanks for having us. Thanks so much.
0: That does it for episode four. Until then, see you next Tuesday.